Welcome at long last to another episode of Film, Film Mary. Mary. Oh, and we're back. Yes. After a brief vacation, we have returned stronger and warmer than ever. The, I've, I've, I'm taking all my Zoom calls from Cancun. What are you doing, Andy? <laughs> I know. It looks lovely over there. Um, I know. Look at all the icicles in Cancun. <laughs> Oh, yes. Uh, hello, Sam Lounsbury. Hello, Andrew Mitchell. I, do you prefer Andy or Andrew? I think we talked about this. Andy, Andy, always. Yeah. What about Anitha? 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 Only on some days. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Let's talk about <laughs> movies. That's what we do on this show. We Yay. talk about the movies we enjoy, didn't enjoy, and rate them on the unfair scale of fuck, Mary kill. <laughs> Yes, so it's been it's been a couple weeks, Andy. I'm sorry. It's that been a couple <laughs> weeks since we did our show, <laughs> and it's already gone completely off the rails. <laughs> I don't know if it's because I haven't talked to you in so long, or it's because I haven't talked to anyone in so long. But I miss I miss <laughs> I, I I'm happy to say I miss. Uh, is it Nickelback? No, that's not Nickelback. <laughs> What is uh, it? Oh, it's oh, Bam. You don't know. Oh, I know. Th- I know this right off the top of my brain. I had the CD. It is. And then you don't know it. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, oh, it's oh, oh. Off, off the album Stunt. Uh, the, the, the first track off the album, it's by the Bare Naked Ladies. Oh, God. I would <laughs> That would have never been the name I would have picked up. Oh, wow. I well, like that's why. Train? That's why I'm good at trivia. Uh, that's that's why we're both going to be good on trivia soon. That's mm-hmm. for future listens. Uh... <laughs> oh yeah, because we got that uh, that upcoming gig with the uh, the quarantine game show. We got quarantine the game show coming up. It's gonna oh, be fun. Listen to that, and if uh, hopefully we'll kick kick all kinds of ass at that yeah. show and win whatever prize they offer at the end, which I don't believe is any prize. <laughs> They they give us the prize of knowing that we won, and isn't that the most important feeling in the world? That's I think that's what we cherish most of all. I think we also get a second advance vaccine early, don't we? Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I would like a first one. Oh. Like that was like oh, I really wish Chris. I wish that would have been like part of this. Anyway, uh... <laughs> hey Sam. How hey, was uh, how have you How's... been the past couple of weeks? You know, you haven't been talking to people. You've been <laughs> watching films. I've been watching some films. I mainly just been using this time to catch up on all the TV. I've been like. Putting oh, off. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we cover it if it's like a weird mini series that's loggable on Letterboxd. But uh, assuming it's not loggable on Letterboxd, what have you been watching? I've been watching um, some Mr. Robot. I've never got, I've never watched that show. It's been on my list forever and I just haven't pulled the trigger yet. You should watch it mainly because you and the main character dress exactly the same. Sweet. You like, like it's like all blacks all the time. And he's like a super fast typer and he's super like negative and, and, and snarky. And I was like, Oh man, Andy Mitchell, it's (laughs) Rami Malek. Okay. Um, I don't know how to react. a hacker who murders people, right? Oh wow! Um, no comments, Sam. Please don't. I won't tell. 
this may be the last episode because Sam may go missing. Oh no. <laughs> okay, Matt, you're up deck. Lol, uh, lol, satire, satire. I would hate for something to happen to you next week and then for me to feel fucking awful <laughs> that I vicariously killed my friend Sam. Vicariously? Yeah, by by somehow willing it into existence. You know, there's like uh, mm. the Never Not Funny podcast. And it doesn't happen all that much now, but uh, sometimes they'll make reference to like uh, a long forgotten celebrity from the 70s or 80s. And then like within a week, that person will pass away for some reason. Um, I'm trying to think of like a, ver- a like if they brought up Abe Vigoda for some reason, and then Abe oh, Vigoda yeah. would pass away. Um, I think they tried that with uh, um, Larry King four times, I think. And every time it was like, no, nope, I'm still alive. <laughs> I'm on <The> Duck <laughs> God, I love, I love doing Larry King impressions too. Like after he died, like I, it, it took a, a disgustingly short amount of time for me <laughs> to start just doing that impression around the house for, <laughs> for Colette. Um, just about him doing a show in the afterlife, just like, oh, yeah, <laughs> Larry King, yes, <laughs> asking inane bullshit questions to like famous people. <laughs> What's with the hat, Abraham? <laughs> what are you really hiding behind the teeth, George? <laughs> <laughs> so, Marilyn, I hear you have sex. <laughs> what is your father like? You, <laughs> you, I really. I actually don't know anything about Marilyn, Man- Marilyn Manson's or, or Marilyn Monroe's uh, father figure at all. Um, yeah, I'll go, I, to, I'll, I'll go to death saying I, that. I believe, I believe the the if you could boil down Marilyn Monroe's father figure to a single word, I believe that word would be absent. So, oh, okay, <laughs> that's based on my memory of a. You must remember this podcast. Mm. Well, enough about other film podcasts, Sam. <laughs> what what movies did you watch while I was oh. uh, well when since we last recorded? Since we last recorded, Andy, it's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. Um, <laughs> this is the dumbest episode. All right, <laughs> Andrew, I started with Dinner Rush, uh, a mobster kitchen comedy from the early two thousands. Then on February thirteenth, I saw the Valentine's Day horror movie After Midnight. Then Promising Young Woman on February February 15th, followed by The Late Show, 1977 comedy. Uh, Tammy and the T-Rex uh, on 1994, and followed that up with uh, 1970s Hercules in New York, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's debut. Mm-hmm. And then things went from the B-movie to the very serious Eye for Important, uh, for the next two films, which were Judas and the Black Messiah, the mm-hmm. recent film uh, starring Lakeith Stanfield and Daniel Kaluuya, and uh, Apocalypse Now, 1979's uh, trippy uh, uh, waterboat ride into darkness through the eyes of Francis Ford Coppola. Uh, and, uh, Andy, I didn't, and Andy, I didn't record it. But I also uh, saw the first part of Berlin Alexander Plots. Mm. And let me just say, like I said before, I'm very sorry. Ah, okay. Very sorry. sorry. I had no idea. I knew nothing about that movie except for that was super fucking long. (laughs) And 
uh holy shit <laughs> that first it, part was real confusing wasn't it <laughs> yeah it was uh it was rough too it was like after like going from uh mr robot which is not a not a uh summer spring breeze of a show in any way or it seems to be right going straight from that to uh a prisoner being released into the real world i was like ah going from one one mental prison to another no <laughs> but uh yeah it, I, i'm not sure if we both want to continue watching that um, as like a side project not immediately no okay not yeah. really no okay I said not immediately, so possibly. Oh, not immediately. Okay. Maybe someday in the future, but you know, it's not my top priority at the moment. So yeah, it's we'll, it's yeah. We'll get to it. Can I ask what um what version of Apocalypse Now did you see? Do you recall? I watched the one on Amazon Prime. It's the two hour and twenty minute one. It's out with it's the one that uh, it did not have opening titles or ending credits at all yeah that's if that was a version it wasn't like the redux or final cut version that's i didn't get i did not uh pick the redux version but i definitely picked i think i picked i hope i didn't pick the i hope i picked the final cut version let me check was there a scene that took place in a french plantation not that i could see Okay, so you probably got the original theatrical cut then. That's okay. Is that good or bad? No, it's good. That's that's. I feel like that's the only one I've really seen. Um, uh, okay. yeah, I don't think I've ever like I've seen clips and like read about the other cuts of the movie. Like there are scenes that were shot and cut from the theatrical, but then came uh came back into the Redux. We can talk about those later. But yeah, I was just curious to see which version you watched because it's one of those movies that has multiple versions. Um, I will share now what I've watched since in the two weeks since we recorded. Um, I, on the 10th of February, um, for some reason felt nostalgic and wanted to rewatch something. Um, uh, and that something was Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Aww. Drug. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I had the thought too. I was like, maybe I, I stopped watching the movies after the fourth movie. And I know my, my little sister loves all the movies. So mm-hmm. I was thinking maybe that's something I'll just watch before the end of the year. I'll just get through all the Harry Potter movies. Um, it might be like James Bond in that some of them will be really fun and some of them will be like, ugh, what? <laughs> we'll see how that goes. That'll be, that'll be fun. I, I can't wait for you to see which holds up in your mind, which don't. Yeah. Well, that is a, uh, yeah, we will see. Moving also, on. Also, is this Gretchen? Yes, of course. My only oh. sister. Shout yes. out Gretchen. Shout out to Gretchen, um, who's been fully vaccinated because she's a nurse. Yay. Right. <laughs> so after, after Harry Potter on the 11th, uh, Colette and I watched uh, Framing Britney Spears, a documentary that's been going around. It's on Hulu, I believe. It's part of a, New York Times uh, docu-series that came out. Um, Then on the 12th, I watched the first full-length film from Jane Campion called Two Friends, came out in 1986. Uh, Then I didn't really watch much movies because I was uh, away. I was on a a little trip to New Orleans with my fiance to celebrate Valentine's Day and her birthday. uh, but in, in that time, uh, on Valentine's day itself, while we were both kind of like resting, it, what's fun about vacation with my fiance, I will say is that 
uh, unlike other vacations from my youth, there's not a whole lot that gets planned. Like we don't have to go to like, especially in a pandemic too, if we're not like, we got to go to a museum, we got to get a reservation here. It's basically like we get up, we go to get some food, we go for a walk, and then we come back to where we're staying and either like read, nap, relax, whatever. Um, so Valentine's Day rolled around. And while my beloved was napping, I watched a film on Criterion channel called Romance, uh, I believe uh, directed by Catherine. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to butcher her name, but I think it's uh, Brillat or Brillet. Um, she also directed the movie uh, Fat Girl in the mid 2000s and a few other uh, controversial movies. Um, this was called Romance. This was um, I'm glad I watched this by myself because um, it's not like a romantic movie in the slightest. All right. But we got back. Um, and so I went on a movie watching tear after we got back on the 18th. I logged three things. Um, uh, I rewatched the seventh seal. Um, I watched a short documentary on Netflix called what would Sophia Loren do, um, which is kind of about a, a woman who, He's a huge fan of Sophia Loren and kind of compares uh, milestones in her life to things Sophia went through. And then I watched Journey to Italy, a Rossellini film from 1954 starring Ingrid Bergman. So besides Sophia Loren, it was a very Bergman-y day. Um, <laughs> on the 19th, um, I started the day uh, with the film challenge, The Misty Green Sky, a film <laughs> from 2016. Uh, an animated film uh, by a guy named Jack Foster. I'm sure we'll talk about it more. And then that night uh, I watched Nomadland because that's finally available on Hulu. And then the following day, the 20th, I watched Minari, thus satisfying the two films I really had wanted to see before the end of the year, but couldn't because I'm not a professional critic. Um, so now 2020 is officially over. Uh, then Yesterday, I watched a documentary called MLK FBI, uh, which is kind of about what it seems about Martin Luther King and the surveillance he went through uh, because of J. Edgar Hoover's FBI. And then today, while I was working uh, in, in honor of the recently announced breakup of Daft Punk, I watched it's a movie called Interstellar 5555, the story of the secret star system and all the S's are fives. And it's a uh, it's basically a album length anime music video for the album Discovery, which features such great hits as One More Time, uh, Face to Face, Digital Love, Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger, all with a weird narrative about an alien band uh, coming to Earth and then having to escape and go back to their home planet. It's nuts, but we'll miss you, Daft Punk. And I hope uh, I hope your reunion I hope. I hope your reunion is swift. <laughs> yeah, I've actually I didn't know they were I didn't know they broke up today. That's, oh, that's yeah. news to me. Yeah, that's a sad Break, thing. I, breaking news, Sam. I had a I had a lot of uh, fond memories of uh, both um, that music video that you had mentioned because that was like some that was this regular like that was in playlists in every like party that we went that was in my college. We just played that on YouTube and. It was just a great. Yeah. Thing that went well. Yeah. I, um, I have a I have a like a full full length video. I think I might have torrented a while back because I used to have the DVD and then 
lost a DVD. I had like a binder of DVDs. I remember like bringing on a trip and then losing that binder. So mm-hmm. I, I justified the, the, the torrenting of this movie thing. Like I once owned it. And then I learned today that I think all the videos you could watch pretty much in a playlist if you made it on YouTube. So it's available folks watch all yeah. the, just watch all the videos for discovery on YouTube. You'll pretty much get the plot of interstellar 5555. Um, you might also understand Daft Punk. Oh, if only who who could <laughs> I wish we could all understand. Um all right. So, let's let's uh let's go ahead and flip this coin to see who who goes first. Sam, call it. Heads. Oh, it's tails. Uh, I win. I win. All right. Win. All right. So, I get to go first. Do I want to give or do I want to receive first as far as film mary killing uh i'm gonna give to you first and Mm. i'm going to i'm gonna stick with the the capital i important films um i want to know how how you're so yeah you're gonna have to to kill one of these um although fuck (laughs) i feel like i know it's coming yeah uh you're gonna have to uh fuck mary kill apocalypse now judas and the black messiah and promising young woman. Keep in mind, we haven't seen Judas and the Black Messiah yet. We're definitely going to see it because I know Colette really wants to see it. But um, I I don't know if like spoilers, it's history. So I guess I yeah, kind of should know how it ends. But yeah. Wow. That this is a really goddamn. Are you mad at me? <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm sorry. I made you watch Green Misty Sky. Oh, uh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> OK. Um, <laughs> All right. Uh, ooh, nope. <laughs> Not doing that. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know what? Um, let me see what. This is so mean, Andy. <laughs> this challenge I've given they're you. They're all great. They are. They're all. They're all good well, in their own. They're all good in their own right. They're all great in their own reasons. Uh, which which one do you want to know first? Because I think I have it in my head. Uh well uh which one are you gonna fuck? Who uh he Andy. says wiggling his eyebrows. Wait, so. I didn't see I didn't see your eyebrows. I was looking at your face. Do you say that again? <laughs> which one Christ. are you gonna fuck? Uh ladies and gentlemen, let me just say right now, uh to Colette, I get it. Uh <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I understand. For anyone that made fun of Colette before, I get it. <laughs> you should see what you should see the way Andy looks at me with his eyebrows and his like weird, like kind of uh molesaw glasses, uh mortsaw glasses, I guess. Like <laughs> the sexiest of people, mortsaw. <laughs> uh yeah. Who am I gonna fuck? Um, Andy, I'm gonna fuck uh Jesus Christ, this is so hard. Uh, Andy, I'm going to fuck Judas in the Black. Nope. Yeah, uh, I'm going to I'm going to fuck Apocalypse now. It's it's definitely a um I, it was your challenge to me, which by the way, thank you so much for challenging me with this. I You're feel welcome. I feel undeserved because I gave you uh, what was considered by most people a uh generic porn that didn't get off the ground and what you gave me was the best was one of the best 
films that's ever existed by mm-hmm. most accounts. Uh, that should show our, that should just show how great we are as friends. Sure. Um, but- <laughs> sure. We're just, we're stretching each other in ways we didn't imagine. <laughs> yes. Agreed. Um, but that all, all that aside, it's a very fun film. It's a very good film. I really, um, fun. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's fine. That's, that's a weird way to say it, but like it, I never saw it all the way through. I only remember yeah. bits and parts of it. Like you remember the, like, I kind of remember everything up until after Robert Duvall. And then like, I don't remember anything past that. Mm. And I forget how, like how small his part is. Like he is like, like maybe he's not even an integral part of the story. He just kind of like shows up and bombs Vietnam just to surf, which Mm -hmm. Jesus, that's, that's the tragically realistic fucking thing that's ever happened right um but uh yeah no i really it's really intense and a lot of it 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 plays more like a thriller it plays a lot more like a thriller than it does your conventional war narrative or war movie there i think it's because it it it, it's such a the mission is so self-contained and so uh so singularly Martin Sheen's story it's less of like the band of brothers or like it has all like these macho like uh or or I guess what we consider macho um military uh um motifs or themes right uh it really has it really is just this like kind of uh kind of a bastard going on this mission knowing (laughs) knowing that well he may not survive uh and it's it's really in the way they get you in a psychological mindset of how his character is the further down this river he goes, the further he's losing his sanity. And I, I, it's, I would say it's almost effortless in its depiction, but I realize how fucking painful it was for everyone involved to make this movie. <laughs> yeah. So, it's, it's, it's a miracle kind of a movie. It that is like, a miracle. Yeah. Especially, you know, I, and like you said, you didn't have to see it, but you know, if you have memories of seeing uh, Heart of Darkness or hearing about the movie Heart of Darkness, about the making of this movie, it feels like this this could have imploded 20 different ways, <laughs> this whole production. And I think that might be a low estimate. So yeah, mm. the fact that it it comes together as crazily good as it does is is a is a miracle. It's it's one of my all-time favorites for sure. And I you saw this when you were 14 or 15? Yep. Yep. That's when I first saw it. Yep. Dude. Yep. It was uh props to you. (laughs) I um I don't blame my parents, but I also question like they shouldn't have let this happen. (laughs) I guess like gotta you gotta give up for benign neglect a little bit. Like it's it's it it sets you off in journeys you don't expect. And we we do we love our parents or we, do we, do we begrudgingly res, res, respect him for this? Um, I, 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 I want to go in the middle. I, I do, I do love them. I do love them. I do respect them. It's not a begrudging feeling. Um, I do respect them. It's like, all right, you, I think it's also a good litmus test. I think they felt like they were doing the right thing when they realized how like shocked and traumatized I was afterwards. Just like, Oh geez, oh. this movie was intense. And I'm like, He's a nice boy, right? We raise a nice. <laughs> yeah. 
And like if I was, if I left Apocalypse Now going like, that seems fucking awesome. I want to kill something. <laughs> then they would have been like, oh no, <laughs> what have we done? Like, oh no, honey, what are we doing? <laughs> Take away the video games. Let them go to cooking class. Um, <laughs> no, it, yeah, it, that was another thing I realized, like how... Uh, easy it is for everyone to take the wrong thing away from this movie <laughs> sure like all the spectacle and all like the the big like glorification of violence within it and i was mm-hmm. like oh wow no one knows that like the movie doesn't doesn't very knowingly like it's like oh no we're not glorifying any of this these people are sociopaths but mm-hmm. but it's just like the it, it it's insane to see how michael bay saw this a young Michael Bay seeing the set like whenever he saw it in like the theater and just like being wowed and amazed by all the explosions, just like, I want to do that. And just like <laughs> somehow blocks out all the, like the, 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 yeah. ma- the like minutia of the, of, of in craft that goes into building Martin Sheen's character. Or even just the intent beyond like, I'm oh, here to, yeah. I'm here to, I'm here to create a spectacle. Like, you know, another great thing about Heart of Darkness is that you get to see Francis Ford Coppola, who, you know, is an accomplished person, mm-hmm. no no doubt, but also seems like a real pretentious dick. <laughs> and just oh. be like, this isn't a film about Vietnam. It is Vietnam. It's like, okay. <laughs> what, like, didn't you also, like, get through uh, directing The Godfather that same way? It's like, this isn't about the mafia it's about italian it's about a uh, corporization of america and how it's yeah. a how it's a fucking thing it's like or you could just fucking do the job like <laughs> it's that's a combination not, of like, that's not francis's way baby <laughs> this isn't about a conversation we are the conversation <laughs> <laughs> it's not about a boy named jack we are all jack we're all peggy <laughs> <laughs> and we're all getting married this is this is one from the heart, but whose heart is it really? My heart? America's heart? What was the movie you did this uh, immediately after Apocalypse Now that no one remembers at all? It's so uh... like it, it went like he had such a weird track record of like Godfather, Godfather Part Two, the conversation, Apocalypse Now. But the yeah. next movie after this was like, of course it's gonna be undershadowed and forgotten. Like this is like he went like the you went four for four for like some of the greatest movies ever made and then yeah. just dropped off the face of the planet. It's 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 sad, but it's also a little like proves the point that it um that this movie kind of broke him. Oh, absolutely. How can it not? <laughs> yeah. Um it was one from the heart. One from the heart oh. came out after this, and that 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 definitely broke him. And then he did The Outsiders and Rumblefish and the Cotton Club. Yeah, after it, there's a clear like period where he made like some of the best movies ever made <laughs> and they, they're the godfather one and two the conversation and apocalypse now and then from then on it was just like oh holy shit i mean then it just becomes him like then he starts like making wine and just like starts hanging out with people in his commune and and nicholas cage shows up for from like underneath the well that he lived in <laughs> and acted like he's always been there um no but yeah it, it that yeah just like one of those guys that had like a clear peak and then immediately fell off it's uh is it better to burn out or to fade away francis ford coppola arguably did both yeah 
And oh, he's still, he's still, some people say he's making uh, headway with his wine, but I don't know because I've never tried it. I don't know if I've tried it either. I must have at some point. I'm sure it's fine. We've been, we've been drunk at enough parties that one of our friends have had to have had it. <laughs> you assume so. Otherwise, I'm really questioning our friendship with those people. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, All right. so uh, you're going to okay. merely fuck one of the greatest films ever made, which, okay, fine. But now you've got two new films, two critically acclaimed films. One I haven't seen yet. Um, Sam, between Promising Young Woman and Judas and the Black Messiah, which one are you going to marry? I'm going to kill Judas and the Black Messiah. Ooh, okay. It has nothing to do with the quality of it. It's just like, it's just one of those things that um, these are all great movies. These are all good movies. I think there were aspects of Judas and the Black Messiah's storytelling that it, it doesn't go through its uh, initial like thriller premise. Mm. Um, it it kind of ends and without spoiling anything, I get. I, I guess I should, I shouldn't spoil anything because you haven't seen it. No, um, I don't know. Well, hopefully, we'll watch it this week. But um, you know, it depends on work and uh, my beloved. Because I started making a list actually of like movies I kind of want to watch either with her or that she wants to mm-hmm. watch, and then it's a little easy for like, oh, I want to watch something. Well, Colette's not here, so. It's a little easy to be like, all right, Jews and the Black Messiah. Um, mm-hmm. That's something I will say for when Colette's available. Ingrid, Ingmar Bergman movies. I can watch those by myself. <laughs> she, it would be nice if she wanted to watch them, but it's also yeah, not, yeah. not a requirement. She didn't sign yeah. up for that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I guess the, with all that spoiler, without removing spoilers, I will say that there is two, when, when your film is built on uh is sold as a two-hander mm-hmm. and one of the actors is not as strong as the other and it's just mm, interesting. It's just it's just how it is it it, re- it could be i don't know what happened either it's one of those things of like it's got everything going for it but there's like like one performance is like a little too off kilter that it doesn't it doesn't aim I, together That's i right. don't want you to say who it is because i can't wait to watch this and then come back to this i think i know who you mean but i also i think it uh yeah, yeah if I'm, you listen to josh if you listen to josh and adam's show like oh yeah you probably uh, know what I'm um about. i haven't yet because again i was like i'm gonna wait until after i see okay. the movies before i've kind of become more of a uh my matt stat man matt is a is a lot like this too where he will wait until after he sees a movie and then mm-hmm. we'll go back to the episode that uh that mentions it um oh, yeah he just had a birthday this weekend too happy birthday stat man happy birthday Mapleway. you know you know what i got him for his birthday do you want to announce it on on oh wait did he already get it or he already got um, it yeah got, he already okay. opened what'd it you yeah. what'd you get him what'd you get him? um i ordered him a blu-ray of the passion of joan of arc mm. <laughs> <laughs> has he seen it not yet no that's why i thought it would be a good gift um oh nice yeah has he shown his child yet well, he opened it in front of his child. Um, oh, his child was his child not in awe immediately. <laughs> his child was a dad, dad. Oh, God doesn't exist. Yay. <laughs> My, uh, well, he was very amused because I found a really great birthday card that had like Han Solo, but with like birthday stuff like photoshopped <laughs> on top of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so 
both uh, both father and son were very delighted by the card. And then when he pulled out the DVD, Matt was just like, oh, okay. He's like, since Uncle Andy gave me a movie about a saint named Joan of Arc. Um, and it's it definitely was one of those things that like, I'm sure, of course he's not going to show it for his son. I mean, it would be cool if he did, but. I would love, I would love for him, like after showing that, immediately following up with Bull Durham, it's like, okay, God is gone, but baseball will always live forever. <laughs> We were just having the debate too because in the the film spotting madness play in round there was a a poll between the natural field of dreams and bull durham and bull durham would win that for me immediately same here but feel the dreams is what right now go and they just announced it today for the Mm -hmm. subscribers that feel the dream is what the one so yeah i can totally see either way though either bull durham or feel the dreams being like Mm -hmm. well now that you've seen uh the the horrible fallibility of men um (laughs) let's talk about let's talk about the pure game of baseball (laughs) because your your brother's a big baseball fan right am i a huge baseball fan okay that's like there's two things i know about matt is that he's definitely taller than andy how dare you (laughs) you're just trying to trying to get on my on my uh nerves so you're marrying um promising our woman wasn't that a great movie it sure was as oh, a man, man i feel no yes it was great I feel, I feel all sorts of bad but oh yeah no there's definitely moments of like oh shit yeah you hope Just uh like, yeah like the ending is the ending is so cheerful you feel so good about everything no it's <laughs> Let's let let me stipulate that I do want to get into the ending. So this is a yeah. spoiler warning uh, for those who haven't seen Promising Young Women. Um, I I was really for it. Um, I was I, for it too. I I feel like people um, people who have criticized it have kind of maybe feel like it 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 ended too cleanly or a bit like too. I don't know. I haven't listened. I still haven't listened to the next picture show's discussion about it. Um, but I, yeah, I feel like I, that's a thing. That's a thing that's been stuck in people's craw um, about like what happens and like all the, like the deus ex machinas that kind of come together. And yeah. I kind of still loved it because part of me was thinking like, it is a take on revenge films and it kind of also reminded me of get out in a little, in a weird way where mm-hmm. Like Get Out, uh, I don't want to say famously because I don't know how do you judge fame, but I remember this, there was a story going around about the movie Get Out and how Jordan Peele initially wrote the ending where uh, Daniel Kaluuya escapes and he's running and then a cop car stops him and basically like you're left there kind of with the dread of, no thing, of thing like, oh no, this cop sees this black man and this house on fire. They're going to assume he murdered all these people and he's, he's doomed no matter what. But then instead they got, uh, he got, gets his friend from the TSA and we get that beautiful moment of triumph. He says like, sometimes you just need that. And sometimes at the end of promising a woman, I just like, I just needed everyone to get arrested and they get some weird deus ex machina kind of, uh, justice that that was deeply satisfying. Yeah, no, that was, it was deeply satisfying. That was really satisfying, especially with so, with so much, uh, darkness that the sh- movie goes into totally. and, and just like how you can't see it ending well for anyone like no. like the like Carrie Mulligan's character uh, is is much uh, 
more, I guess, is damaged or sinister, or there, there's something she her there's a veil of sarcasm that she's covering, and it's very thin. But yeah. like under beneath that, there's like a, a very dangerous person, mm-hmm. with, and and so far as we know, we she doesn't really do anything too extreme to the men except for the last one that i'm remembering <laughs> yeah. right? It, right like and even then like all she she's like even she's like the least thing you could do is like car she was gonna carve her nina's name the her friend's name into his body and he, she even said and I, I i had to like double back in my head like is that right and maybe you can confirm this all don't worry i'll be quick so like even then like it's showing some like uh uh gra- like some grace or like some like even she doesn't want to be there for this like she's trying to leave yeah she's like even her like sandy is like she's wanting to protect it enough like i don't uh i want to give your punishment but i got to uh, i can't be a part of it for the rest am, am mm. i am i missing so- is that is that close that you felt that way or yeah i don't know i felt um, I mean, I feel like, yeah, there's definitely like a lot of damage and trauma underneath her character that she's been masked, that she masks with her, yeah, sarcasm, her kind of, but uh, yeah, just a, a lot of bitterness. And I don't know, I feel like the not wanting to be there is, I think you could sort of read that because I also feel like when she goes to that final confrontation at the, mm-hmm. you know, the cabin where the bachelor party, there's a side of her that you kind of think like, oh, she probably knows that not coming back is a possible chance because yeah. you know she takes the, you know, she takes the precautions and she takes even the, the license plates off her car before she approaches it. Yeah. But like, I just feel like it's, I don't, I think if she doesn't want to be there, it's just because she doesn't want to be in pain and doesn't want to hurt anymore. And she's just felt so, so hurt by finding out that, you know, her, her boyfriend played by Bo Burnham was uh, a little bit complicit in the trauma that has defined her thus far. Yeah. And I'm glad that they didn't, I'm glad that they, they did that turn as well. Cause that, Mm -hmm. that, that was like, you can kind of see it coming a little bit like you didn't know how just because like you didn't you didn't know like how because he is so openly uh such a nice guy or such like a a different version of the quote-unquote nice guy that we we see all the time Mm -hmm. and i think there's a great um it was just great to see like that his story fold into the main story Mm -hmm. but uh yeah i know it it's really sharp writing i'm really i was literally just blown away by the writing of it and i know i guess what when people were saying that they were that the end that the ending they didn't like the ending i i guess i ask what were they hoping for it to end as with just him killing carrie mulligan's character like the actual groom like were they hoping that would end that's where it would end because hmm. i i I could see that in like, I could see the bitter, angry, like gross executive thinking that like, yeah. And then it's real dark and like, we have her her die. And then like, (laughs) 
And then she, we're just like, we, she doesn't succeed. And I'm like, no, we need fucking accountability. God damn it. Yeah. If not, like if not in our real world, in our fucking fictional world. <laughs> I don't know if that's, if that's, I, I liked it a lot. Uh, I like the writing. I think, I think, I'm, I think, is it Emerald Fennell? I'm, I'm pronounced, mispronouncing their name. I hope. Um, Hang on. I'm going to correct you. It's uh I think it's it is fin- it's Emerald it's, Fennel. Uh, yes. Emerald Fennel? Mhm. Uh yeah, they are they're a great director. Um I've also I've powered through the ending of The Crown and it was amazing to see her oh, in yeah. the show too. Yeah, she plays she plays uh the Charles Prince's current wife, I guess. Oh yeah. Yeah. I- I, I, that's another show along with Mr. Robot. That's like, there's a lot of like capital mm-hmm. I important dramas on TV that are like, True. I should watch this. And then that's like, or I could just watch a movie because I know it'll end. That's, that's also, you know, it'll end probably satisfyingly. Um, <laughs> One host. 45 hour drama. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. No, I really liked Promising Woman. It was, um, just it just there's something about it that really made me want to keep going to it, even though mm-hmm. it's like, it's it's uh, unbelievably dark. It is also very funny and mm-hmm. uh, and not like a not it, it kind of remind me of like the like Heather's type of dark comedy where it's like really oh, yeah. sharp and and you're dealing with misanthropic misanthropes all the time, which is fun. Totally. Uh, but yeah, no, I that's I, I'm marrying it um, as opposed to killing it or fucking it. Yeah, I I I feel I feel you. Uh, I really love it. Um, I feel like um, of all like the 2020 films I've seen uh, since 2021 started, it might be my favorite. It just oh really? Yeah, I it might be. I I might have to think about that more. But I okay. I just really was taken by it, and even and like weirdly like possessive of it because even though I know it's like I'm I know there are arguments and flaws and i think that's also very fascinating to read like for people especially like critics who uh, especially female critics who um, might bring their own personal experience into things and have much more nuanced take on what the movie depicts um i really also i kind of appreciate the movie for helping bring that uh discourse uh into my life so Yeah. yeah just overall big 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 fan of promising young woman Awesome. Yeah. So, but now is time. Speaking of movies that I like or don't like, Sam, what are you going to challenge me to in this game of fuck Mary Kill? All right, Andy. I'm going to challenge you to fuck Mary Kill, Nomadland, Minari, the Italian. Uh, no, that's not even Italian. <laughs> um, uh, Seventh Seal as well. Oh, wow. So three, also three quite good Capital films. Capital I importance. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's, let me think about this for a second. Um, trying to think which one I, I, I'm, I'm fucking with, which one I'm marrying, and which one I am unfortunately killing because all three are good, good movies that all that folks should see certainly. I, I I do love that you have that Andy. You have a traditional Andy Mitchell uh, mind palace stance. <laughs> like, <laughs> you just, like you stand like cross your arms. Mm-hmm. You sh- you put your head down and you're like, you say which one am I going to fuck? 
which one am I going to marry and which one am I going to unfortunately kill? Uh, I am going to talk to Martin Freeman later and we will go get drunk. I wish. What a, what a great life I would be living if Martin Freeman and I were friends. Yeah, you guys could have a podcast. <laughs> then you're out sam martin freeman's in <laughs> i look it goes i it goes statman mitchell martin freeman <laughs> a bunch of other people you find on the street maybe sam <laughs> colette also colette's up there toffee are you around anyone you well toffee i i do have rank i do rank you above toffee for sure thanks <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck with uh, the Seven Seal. Um, oh, also is, a, is of course a classic, um, a, a Bergman classic. Uh, not my favorite Bergman. I was I'm starting oh. to re- go through again the uh, they shoot pictures, don't they? Greatest movies of all time list. Uh, this came up, and it's obviously yeah, it's obviously a classic. Um, Colette made a joke before I started watching. That I was like, oh, I'm gonna go to my room and I'm gonna watch a Bergman movie. And she's like, oh, I've, maybe it's the one about death. And then when I got, I was like, it was literally the one in which a knight plays death in chess. I was like, told you, I was right. It was but, absolutely the one that was about death. Yeah, totally. Ooh, I think I just heard a crash, and I wonder if that was another icicle that fell. Um, anyway, I just want, I just can't wait for icicles to start shooting through your ceiling. <laughs> oh no! Then we definitely gotta buy a house. Um, or at least get a new apartment. So, yes, I'm going to fuck uh, the Seventh Seal. It's 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 great. Um, I mean, I was saying before, like I think I might become a Bergman guy, um, and I definitely have like intent to watch many more of the Bergman movies that are on uh, the Criterion Channel, including like deep cuts and like early stuff. Like I'm I'm becoming more more enthralled and fascinated by his work this one i think was my first yeah definitely like the first time one i saw i know i watched it on like a vhs from the library in high school and it's just like it's kind of like your classic like yeah it's a good intro to him like it's an it's obviously like existential and easy to understand a knight plays death in chess um it's it's funny and it's in weird spots um i don't know if it's as laugh out loud funny as i remember like uh, Patton Oswald describing once. I remember he talked about like how he thought Breathless was going to be great, but wasn't that into it. But then he thought Seventh Seal would be dour and serious, and thought it was hilarious. Um, but yeah, it's 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 not it's not as important to me as Fanny and Alexander or Persona is. But yeah, obviously, I'd like I kind of love it and uh, would well, yeah, I, I I still I still I fucks with Seventh Seal, of course. Um, have you seen that movie? Yeah, no, of course. I've seen Seven Seal. Uh, I think only a couple times, but I do remember it. it I do remember both of them being in my early twenties when I saw it. Mm. So I wonder how I would replay it now. Now that I've had a couple of Bergmans under my belt. Yeah, that would be. It would be interesting. Um, again, I think it's a great intro for him. If like you got kids or want to just get started on your own journey and uh persona is a is a is a tough pill uh it's a real stiff drink <laughs> um so that means i'm going to marry i don't know like i 
again, what's funny about this, this ranking is it's not necessarily a uh, one, two, three. We're like, all right, this is the best movie I'm marrying. This is the second best movie I'm fucking. And this is the worst movie. I'm, I guess the worst movie, yeah, that doesn't make sense in some regards. I mean, yeah, but, there's, there, yeah. <laughs> but I guess part of what I'm married, why I would choose to marry Nomadland is that um, between the writer and this, I'm also now standing pretty hard for Chloe Zhao and in, mm-hmm. like deeply fascinated and like at, at, a, at, a, at a loss for words that the idea that uh, the woman who wrote and directed those two beautiful artsy um, transcendent Western type movies is going to be directing Eternals for Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's going to be great though. Cause she's going to, I've heard she's going to have the same uh, practice that she's had. She's going to interweave uh, the actors with real superheroes. And that's going to be <laughs> amazing. Yeah. It's going to, I can't wait to see how science is going to step up to the plate on that, but they better, they better. Cause you can't, you can't let her down. Um, no, Nomad, Nomadland is real, real good. It was a highly anticipated movie. Um, I probably would have snuck into my top 10 list as well, with as well as, well as Promising Young Woman, had I seen it before we did that show. Um, and yeah, it's, it's about, uh, it's based on a, a nonfiction book about itinerant people, people who are houseless, but not homeless. They live out of vans and RVs. And sort of it's in response to the economy. It can be in response to personal things. Um, it can be for just a, a temporary time. Some people take to it and like live and die on the road. Uh, I think even the story of how it got made is pretty, pretty great too, because Francis McDormand read the book, uh, bought the rights to it uh, with the intent of making a movie out of it. And then saw Chloe Zhao's the writer at, tiff i think and just was floored by it and wanted to work and thought maybe we could get this cool young writer director to help me uh make this uh project a reality and they like met at the independent spirit awards that year too i think like i want to believe that like francis mcdormand just like approaches chloe Zhao and be like hi nice to meet you i got some business to talk about Oh, and yeah, it, it just became something, uh, something, something beautiful. Um, there's a great profile of Chloe Zhao on Vulture too, that Alison Wilmore wrote that I also highly recommend. Uh, I might put the link in the notes. That seems like a thing podcast should do. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's about Francis McDormand's, uh, well, it's about a woman named Fern played by Francis McDormand, who's a widower and who loses her house, um, after, uh, the company, the the one company in her town that she's been in uh, closes and makes it essentially a ghost town. So she gets a van and travels. And it's it's ca- part character study, part kind of like observational of other people. Like you implied, there's really two name actors in this movie. There's Francis McDormand and there's David Strathern as a, another itinerant uh, that she meets and develops a kind of friendship relationship with um and the otherwise the rest of the people in the movie are like actual itinerant people and telling parts of their stories or telling fictionalized versions of their stories for the film uh it yeah it just makes you it makes you think a lot about uh home and life and nature and just like 
the temporary the temporariness of everything um the vastness of the country and how small you feel but then like the the joy and thrill of freedom and independence it's it's shot so gorgeously too um it's uh the profile uh I learned that her cinematographer is also her romantic partner. So I, I, I pray for that relationship to continue until, until they die. Cause they're both, cause it seems like together, they're just, they're making some beautiful stuff. So yeah, I am super, super into Nomadland and we'll marry it. And uh, yeah, um, I felt uh, it's so good. I was hoping I'd feel this. Yeah. I, I can't wait to talk to you about it. Um, I was hoping I'd feel that way about Minari, which is still quite good, quite good. We, we were talking last episode. I have it on my watch list in another streaming service, uh, Mayhem, uh, starring Steven Yoon. Steven Yoon is great in Minari. Um, oh, good. Yeah. Uh, there's a great just all around cast and performances. Um, the only reason I suppose I'm just like, it's slightly less than Nomadland and Seven Seal. Well, for one, it's not the Seven Seal. So, yeah, sorry. That's, that's just it. I understand. I think. Look, I think Stephen Yoon would understand. I think well, he would. But... I think he would too. Um, but it's it's um. There's part of me that wants to like, damn it, with faint praise, and that it's a it was a big winner at a Sundance, not this past Sundance, but the year before, mm-hmm. and it. it feels like the kind of movie you would think would go big in Sundance. Like it's a family drama. Mm-hmm. It's an immigrant story. It's um, it's very character and dialogue um, heavy. It's, it's not too, yeah, it's not, I don't, I don't feel like it's one of these like daring movies that really is like calling attention to ways it's like breaking the form or trying to reinvent the wheel. It has a certain kind of like, conventional satisfaction that you can get from it so maybe like by comparison it's a more conventional film so i guess that's why it gets killed out of these three um but it's still really good and i'm glad i finally saw finally saw it um i did like the a24 screening room thing Mm. where i paid i think 20 bucks yep 20 bucks to um get it uh sent to my computer and then we casted it on the big screen tv um and yeah colette also really enjoyed it too again it's just a to paraphrase something my mom would say sometimes about movies she's like it's just a nice story it's just a nice story about people um yeah and yeah i think i think people who really like it must have just been like super moved by the story or maybe just blindsided by what they're expecting it's it it's still really strong like Mm -hmm. it's it definitely is personal it's not it's conventional to a degree, but the emotions and the uh, the things that happen are are definitely complex and definitely worthy of consideration. So I'm sorry, Minari. I am. I'm just. You're not Nomadland or Ingmar Bergman. You're not. You're not directed by two of my favorite directors at the moment. So <laughs> I I apologize, but I really hope people see you once you're more widely available. And if you win a few awards, I'm not going to be mad. Also, uh, same with Judas and the Black Messiah. I don't hate you. You're pretty great. Like I love a lot of mm-hmm. like everything you're doing. It's just uh, that's how the cookie crumbles sometimes. I'm so yeah, sorry. yeah. I what a really nice, warm, positive thing to uh help me transition into 
the challenge, which you didn't pick for me to film Mary Kill, but I got to take some moment to talk about the green misty sky. Um, oh, you're going in, you're going in your, your mind palace. I'm getting into my, so I got my arms crossed. Oh, Sam, no. Sam, that was, that was one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Yeah. It, ben Arthur doesn't look so bad. Does it? <laughs> I here, here's what was funny about me watching it. Cause as it's happening, I'm thinking, okay, this is clearly bad animation. And that's part of its mm-hmm. notoriety. It looks like PlayStation 2 level graphics, although it came out in 2016. So <laughs> I don't know what the lineage of PlayStations. Were we at four at that time? Were we still I, we were at, I think we were at four. Yeah, let me look at some of the games that they had going on at that time. <laughs> um, it, And yet I, I was telling Colette like, there's part of me that has some sympathy for it in that I feel like it was a movie made by a single person in on a single computer in their oh. basement. I don't like, I don't know anything about like this movie. Like I, I was hoping it would be like a red letter media thing or some other uh, podcast that's been about this movie, but I, not that I, that I was able to find. Um, I mean, part of like the joy of, knowing I was going to watch something like Cats or Artemis Fowl was being like, oh, but funny people are going to talk about this movie eventually. So I can uh, I can at least have some vicarious thrills for that. I just was like watching the green misty sky being like, what? What is happening here? But like feeling Andy, bad. Welcome to the ground floor. <laughs> uh, that's right. We're we're the thing. I'll, I'll just go ahead and spoil it because no one should see this, but would really like kept me away from pity was it's abrupt and really like morally wrong ending <laughs> oh i don't how does it end again is it just can you remind me okay so it's been a while since i've seen it you've got i've already forgotten it's like emma dante <laughs> i think is the character's name you've got this yeah this it's a cgi movie that looks like it was made using samples and like models that you can get in public domain or some shit um it People walk like they're in a bad video game. They talk like they're in a bad video game. Um, it's a sort of a dystopian future thing where she, our main female character, is uh, like on a planet and uh, talks to some vo- male voice named God to give her things. But she's curious, so she leaves somehow and gets on a spaceship. And then the spaceship realizes she's on it and they all just like systematically kill themselves or something. Um, then she realizes, oh, there is like, I'm part of a colony, but there's a virus that killed everyone on the colony, except for the children who were born on the colony. And I'm one of them. And so she tries to use the ship's communication systems she's on to warn earth. Cause she thinks she's been on earth this whole time, but she hasn't, but she wants to warn earth. Like you got to destroy this ship. I'm a, diseased person i don't want to destroy the world and then the ship lands and like a the a guy the one guy who's been offering like bajillion voices suddenly brings out a british voice to (laughs) do a character to say like he's a politician and just to say is like you scientists you know have got to stop thinking you know everything and let the politicians take care of things as well and then the movie ends so it's basically like a weird anti-scientist message it's, I don't know. I mean, if it helps, I don't think uh, the guy is working anymore. <laughs> I, I don't. Mean, the filmmaker is working. 
I, yeah, that was just part of me why I was like, why am I like trashing this? Like, I don't, I was wondering at first, like, is this like, oh, I can't remember his name, but there are a few people who show up on Flophouse episodes, like really small, bad movies, but like, they seem to be made by people who have this crazy amount of disposable income and vanity. So it almost like they invited upon themselves. Are you talking about your your get evens, your your Tommy Wiseau's? Yeah, your, yeah, yeah. Like just like yeah, the Vandy Project. Yeah, by by virtue, I felt like someone made a movie and somehow got it onto Amazon because you can just do that. You can just submit a movie, put on the Amazon Prime, and now it was on a different commercial site called Tubi that I watched. Um, where like they had ads in the middle of it, where I was just saying like, I. Wait, Sam. were they were they wait were they real like ads like like paper towels in between like this giant like heaving 3D monstrosity of 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 weird sexual fantasy science dystopia yeah fantasy, where like she's just walking around topless for like no reason barefoot like, yeah were there ads like paper towel ads in between that like I I can't say what ads they were because I have my it. system set up so where part of what I like about this streaming service in particular mm-hmm. is that my browser set up where like, there'll be like a little pause in the movie. And it's like, you'll be served an ad, but then my ad blocker stopped the ad from being served. So it just goes right back to the movie. So like, nice. Take that. Um, take that commerce. Um, so <laughs> Sam, where, where did you find this movie? How did this come to your life? Honestly, Andy, I don't know how it came into my life. It's always been there. No, um, I, <laughs> you are Jack Foster. Was, wait, what? You are Jack Foster. This whole time, this has been your movie. <laughs> that was your alias. Uh, I, I wish I'd seen Jack. I could wish I could. I could tell know that reference. Um, is that that's Jack? The, that's the name of the director of uh, the writer and director of. Oh, I thought you were talking about Francis Ford Coppola's Jack for a minute. I was like, I don't even get what you're fucking talking about. Wow, you're you're just pivoting. You're trying to avoid talking about this movie as much as possible. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. I'll tell you. Uh, my friends and I were we were uh, just looking through bad movies, and we saw it, and it was like, oh, what? We just like after we saw Vampire's Kiss or something, we saw mm-hmm. another anime movie, or another like I guess anime because because. I guess you after a certain while uh, of gesticulation, Nicholas Cage is no longer a person. Mm-hmm. He's an anime character. That... And Amazon Prime has just like picked up the algorithm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we just saw it. We just saw it like the first 30 seconds of like those Amazon previews. Like once you get to the tile, like it just shows like starts in the middle. Yeah. And it's literally just the sh- scene of her running down the hallway really terribly mm-hmm. with like a giant explosion hitting afterwards. And we're like, what is this? We have to watch it immediately. <laughs> yeah. It, it, is, it is baffling. And it's like, clearly like, again, like it looks like a CGI movie. It's like, if Pixar was just one guy. <laughs> yes. Yes. And that and one guy. On deadline. Also... <laughs> yeah. It, 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 yeah, and we should. Th- that's I always love these bad movies though because it makes you appreciate the real good stuff. That's fair. Like, you re- like I don't know. Like I, I feel like bad movies are always kind of. You can watch a good movie. You can watch a, a pretty great movie pretty easily. There's great stuff everywhere, but like I don't know. There's something about something that is so 
bafflingly bad as the schadenfreude of it of watching somebody else like clearly trying to show their art but it's also without any talent or craft it's very enjoyable um but i i'm so yeah go ahead (laughs) Um, I'm going to paraphrase a bit from, so over the weekend, I played in, uh, the trivia spotting thing for film spotting Patreon, uh, folks. How'd and, you place? Uh, we didn't, we didn't get on the podium. I think we were, oh. we were, well, we were, we got third place in so far as scores, but number, but the top two teams were tied. Uh, mm-hmm. and so then third place was, I guess, second place in scores after, but you know, so we, we, we could have been better, but we didn't, we didn't embarrass ourselves. Okay. Um, one of the team captains, um, was Dan McCoy from the flop house. And he phrased it like, why, why bad movies is like, the thing about bad movies too, sometimes like, mm. because people aren't like normally good, like you take for granted some of the things, like sometimes they can make something really unique and really weird. Um, mm-hmm. because they don't know any better and unique and weird is definitely what the green misty sky is but oh yeah um yeah i wouldn't recommend people watch it no it, it's this is one of those movies that like uh i i understand i i thank you and i, I i'm very happy that you saw this challenge but dear god if you stopped watching it if you said any if any of you said to me sam i didn't I watched five minutes and I didn't get through this goddamn thing? I would have respected your, I would have respected you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, respect the challenge. Yeah, Andy, thank you so much for watching. Uh, I hope, <laughs> but now you know what's in my brain. There's, well, there's four more of those things in my head. Oh geez, just ready to throw at you any minute. With that in mind, what are you going to throw at me this week then for our challenge? Oh, this week is going to be super easy. I hope so. This week it's gonna be great. I'm gonna Andy, you've you've been through the you've been through one of the worst experiences, which mm-hmm. is Green Misty Sky. Sure. Thank you for that again. You're welcome. Uh Andy, I'm gonna praise a completely 180 from this, one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh a film I don't think you've seen, Gosford Park by Robert Altman. Oh man, I've been dying to rewatch this. So I Oh, you thought... haven't you have you have seen it. Okay, I wasn't sure if you did. I saw it um on on a vhs uh, from the library i probably around the time it came out i don't remember much of it oh, so man. i uh I, I i i hope i can still accept this challenge and uh enjoy a rewatch because yeah i've been awesome. i've been meaning to rewatch it yeah yeah gosford bark totally um i'll i'll take it um have you i have a few uh okay. that i've written that at least i you haven't logged yet on letterbox so they're also kind of in the the great movie pantheon of my brain. Um, Go for it. So, have you seen the Wild Bunch recently, or ever? I've 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 never seen the Wild Bunch. You gotta watch the Wild Bunch, them Sam Peckinpah. Wait, hold on. What? Let me make sure that's available on streaming services. Oh, we might have to rent it. Yeah. Um, oh shit. Uh, well, um, I have a something but, else then too. If that's gonna be too hard, um, I think the Wild Bunch. Okay, cool, great. It'll be then, fun. But what, uh, what, let me, let me, oh, it's Sam Peckinpah. Oh, I've never, I haven't seen a Sam Peckinpah movie yet. Oh, this is, this, well, this is probably like the one. I, I mean, I've only okay. seen one Sam Peckinpah movie and it's, oh, it looks like it's on HBO Max. Twice. It looks like it will, it looks oh, like it it'll is. be pretty easy. Yeah. Fuck yeah. All right, great. Awesome. Then, yeah, I think, I think you might dig this. It's a, yeah, it's a very important Western in the history of Westerns. Um, uh, mm. And I'm, I'm intrigued to know what you'll think of it at the end of 
by by the time we record next week. Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh Andy, what was the what was the other film though you wanted to you were thinking oh, about? Well, me. I guess keep it in my keep it in my pocket. If, uh, oh we could record we could we could we could end the recording just like you could tell me off, Mike. Want, I, I don't sure right, I'll, I'll, we'll do that we'll do that and with that we'll draw things to a close here on yeah film mary mary kill uh but, should we let's let's put our our tags i guess yeah. i forgot how to do this yeah like and, re- like and review us it helps us find new listeners if you like what you heard please share it with folks and uh find us online of course at uh at anchor.fm slash film Mary kill. Uh, find us on Twitter at film Mary kill. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Sam Lounsbury. Of course. And you could find, you could find me on letterbox at Sam underscore Lounsbury. Uh, you can find me on letterbox at uh, kinetic Android. You can also email us at film Mary kill at protonmail.com. All right. And with that, Sam, it's been good to see you. It's been great seeing you. I can't wait to see you next week. All right. Take care, everybody. So we'll see you next time on Film. Boom. Mary. Kill. Uh, God, I was surprised I went that long.